Yo, welcome to another episode of The Fix, our first one of 2019. What's going on, my man? Just chilling, bro. Just chilling. Happy to be back in The Fix studio and, and chopping it up, man. Yeah, man. We've had a bit of a break, and um, but we're here for the new year, and we thought we'd uh, flip it up for you and just uh, do a little recap episode, just Diggy and I shooting the shit and kind of talking about the past year with the podcast and uh, you know the DJ and music scene in general. Yeah, man, little regroup. We got some dope guests lined up for you guys uh, down the road, but just thought we'd. Uh, it's been, I guess, about a, a full year. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. we launched last January, and uh, you know we're this is our twentieth episode now, and uh, yeah, we're we're hoping for some more things and continuing on that momentum for for this year. And you know we're we're really doing this, and we get the energy to do it from all you guys giving us feedback and and showing love and support. So keep that up. Yeah, man, huge shouts out to, first of all, all the guests uh, for coming through. Appreciate that. Everyone's been super, you know, receptive, and as soon as we hit up people, they, they always hit us back, um, and some some heavyweights too, you know, some, some international heavyweights uh, that have just been down to come through, like no money involved, just, just doing it kind of for the culture, and... Uh, and yeah, just chopping it up with us. So it's been it's been dope. And yeah, the feedback the feedback for me is like what kind of keeps keeps me motivated and inspired to keep this thing going. So don't hesitate to ever hit us up, DM us, uh, share share our podcast and your stories while you're listening. All that all that good stuff really goes a long way for us. Definitely, and and same goes for me. It, give, it definitely gives us motivation because you know we're not the biggest podcast. We don't have the widest audience, so we're not you know, getting these Joe Budden numbers over here. But, <laughs> but you know, just to know that there's, you know, a handful of you guys reaching out to us every episode um, really goes a long way. Yeah, we're doing it. It's a super niche kind of following that we built of just, you know, real nerdy DJ heads. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been super cool. So yeah, don't hesitate to hit us up. We love that shit. Yeah, man. And, and I've been pretty proud of, you were saying we've had some heavy hitters. We've had a pretty good um, variety of DJs, you know, from tour DJs to battle DJs, mixtape DJs. Um, so I think, I, I think I'm pretty proud of the kind of diverse crowd we had on season one and two so far. Yeah, I think it's super important. I think we, we spoke about that when we first started the podcast because we wanted to have a really broad spectrum of guests. Uh, this DJ game, there's so many different lanes in it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, that uh, it's good to get different perspectives from all these like different dudes who are doing cool shit um, on many different levels, you know? Yeah, no so, doubt, no doubt. And, um, you know, shout outs to the DJs who have been um, putting putting us in touch with some other people, specifically guys like uh, your homie. Yeah, Crunch, big up Crunch. He's, uh, he's you know, tried to link us up with uh, a couple people. One, one of them fell through, but we're going to follow up with that next time. But yeah, it's super dope, you know? He's a fan of the podcast and uh, he's a resident at EFS. Where yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the kind of bigger guys play when they come through here, so he he's been in touch with us and and supportive of the podcast, and uh, we appreciate you, Crunch. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, and we're always trying to keep our finger on the pulse of who's coming into the city. But listen, if you guys have any hot tips, hit us up, or if you have any requests in terms of 
guests you'd like to see on the show, just uh, don't hesitate, man. Just hit us up and, and give us that intel or request. Definitely, man. Like, we're always open to, you know, uh, other people's ideas. And, uh, you know, we're only two people. We can't really keep track of everyone on the come up or everyone who's been around, you know, there's, there's a lot of DJs out here. So just, uh, yeah, send us a DM and, uh, and we'll follow through, man. No doubt. And I, I think we've had a couple like, uh, fuck moments when we're like, Oh shit, someone just happens to be in town or we just find out the next day that someone's here and we're just like, damn, that was a missed opportunity. So hopefully we can catch those a little better this year. Yep. For sure, man. Looking forward to, uh, there's a couple guys on my wish list. uh, that come through and uh i'm sure we'll we'll get them in oh yeah man that wish list is uh is, is growing but also i i've been surprised we've actually hit a couple we've crossed a couple names off that wish list so far yeah man yeah it's been dope yeah man so let's yeah let's chat a bit about um you know some of the moments and highlights uh from from the year so far from last year you have any you have any favorite moments or or interesting kind of anecdotes you'd like to share with the listeners yeah there's been there's been a lot of cool shit man i I thought one of the the big ones that i really liked was when we hit up uh trackstar dj Mm -hmm. trackstar from uh, run the jewels and and he just hit us back right away and he was just like yeah just like roll through the the tour bus uh they were they were playing at the uh the acc or the scotia bank theater whatever you uh want to call it um and yeah so that was just super dope he was super humble down to earth dude and and it was cool to be on the the rtj tour bus that was was a dope moment yeah man it it felt pretty legendary we we didn't get we didn't cross paths with killer mike or lp but uh um we you know we were in the same space and and it was our first time actually taking the the show mobile so that was a bit nerve-wracking at first bringing all the equipment but it all it all went pretty well, and uh, and Trackstar was just like a super cool, welcoming guy, and like I, I, I dare I say, like we become friends with a lot of these guys and, and keep in touch with them even after the show. Yeah, for sure, it's cool to just connect with these guys, and you know we're all we're all kind of like minded individuals, you know what I mean? The DJ a DJ is like a certain human that is just kind of can relate to other DJs because we're we're doing a lot of the same shit, so there's there's that instant connection, you know. Yeah, and you know, me personally, I thought you know some guys would be a little bit more reluctant or have their their noses up in the air and stuff like that. But I've been like so pleasantly surprised with how like chill and down to earth and so like open and willing to help out people are in in the DJ community. So that's um like super encouraging, and you know all the advice some of these guys have given on these previous episodes as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, and like you know, we had we had four corners on, and he he gave a lot of like sound kind of business advice for the up and comer, and um, you know also shout outs to DJ City for showing us love um, for that episode. So that was huge. Yeah, man. Like any any exposure that we can get and and reaching a broader audience is is super dope. Uh, big ups to DJ City for that. Appreciate the look. Yeah, man, and, and big ups to obviously four corners coming through and and really kind of having a candid discussion and i know a lot of people hit us up or hit up four corners directly after that's like kind of thanking him for that advice yeah there's not a lot of formats out there where uh, djs can talk in like a long form interview and kind of Mm -hmm. you know share their entire story share inspirational moments uh advice all that good stuff so that's what we're here for is kind of like the you know, getting real, real deep into it. Yeah. And for, and for people who are not like fully immersed as a working DJ, I think people see it as a very 
social um, career. But um, yeah, you are in a club. You are you know a lot around a lot of people. But at the end of the day, it could be pretty a pretty reclusive life because you're kind of bouncy. You're sitting in your studio or wherever, or you're traveling. So you're you're often kind of alone and don't have that kind of camaraderie or or outlet to you know shoot the shit like we do. Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been kind of wild. Like the more I've been DJing, it's like I'm realizing like I don't really have that many friends like outside of DJs mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, weekends are, are dedicated to, to working and, you know, there's not really as much of that kind of extracurricular, like just social activities going on in my life. It's mm-hmm. more just like DJ shit nonstop. Yeah. So. And even even, you know, some of you young guys who are just kind of practicing and getting, you know, your skills up and and all that like in the episode with Tom Fleming we were talking about how he was just pretty much locked in his basement for a couple of years until he finally kind of made his reveal it's it's a big part of it man it's a big part of it there's lots of uh hours spent behind the scenes you know people just think oh you grab a laptop you whatever you know you just like start DJing in a club like it's not really it's not really like that you know there's a lot of sweat and tears in this shit, you know? to be to be a good DJ, I mean, yeah. we've seen a lot of those laptop and you know, uh, what do, what do you always say about those kind of mixes? Sounds like uh, shoes oh, in yeah, a washing yeah, yeah. machine. The shoes in a, in a washing machine blend, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, another moment that kind of stood out to me is um, when John first was in the studio from the UK. He had a lot to do with the development of the s9 the pioneer s9 mixer and he was um you know testing it and and adding features and stuff but he showed us some really cool hidden features in um in the s9 where there's actually like a full-on synth built in there so if you guys want actually um if you're interested in seeing like maybe we can put a little video on our stories so hit us up if you want to see um that little tip and trick that he showed us yeah yeah that was super cool man yeah, man, I think he was, he ended up playing, um, what's, what's this organ something by DJ Shadow? What's the, what's the big Yeah, the, the uh, is it Organ Donor? Organ Donor, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. he played that on the synth and we're just like pretty blown away. It's pretty dope. Any other, any other highlights for you? Um, yeah, man, it was just, it's just been, it's just been cool to connect with these people. You know, some of them, like I've kind of known, but not well. And just to kind of really like sit down with them, like guys like, like Big Jacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bastard, obviously, like a lot of times, like w- when I'm talking and connecting with these people, it's in a room that's like super loud and it's kind of really hard to really, you know, have that, that in-depth conversation. So it's been cool to kind of connect on a, on a deeper level with a lot of these guys. For sure, man. Those, those two were definitely fun interviews. And then, you know, even sitting down with a guy like Gaff for me personally, like knowing, the amount of music knowledge that guy has his record collection and just kind of hearing, you know, kind of delving into that side of things versus, you know, the battle scene or, or the actual gigging element of it was um, like a super nerd out fan moment for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, again, that comes back to like our kind of uh, commitment to uh, having a, a wide spectrum of guys like we've had Gaff, the Diggers. Uh, we've had some battle guys, DMC guys, uh, mm-hmm. Red Bull guys. Um, we've had mastermind like radio guys. So it's Mm -hmm. like, we've really kind of touched on a lot of different aspects of the DJ game for sure, man. Um, 
And, you know, we've had some funny moments too, you know, some bloopers, lowlights, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, um, it's funny. This is the first time that we haven't really had a guest in the room and Data's actually sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Usually, <laughs> usually he's chirping and barking in the background. Usually, like, I'm half distracted. And I'm sure you guys notice when I just kind of trail off for a minute because I'm giving him, like, the eyes and telling him to shut up or, or like, trying to give him a bone or something to chill him out. And, of course... No one's in the studio today. This guy's out like a light. <laughs> yeah, there's been some other trailing off incidences, I think, in the earlier episodes when you used to do a little bit of extracurricular activities uh, during the interviews, which you've uh, realized maybe isn't the, the yeah. best move. <laughs> I don't mind having a couple beers um, during or before the episode, but... I, I'm not smoking any any pot anymore during these <laughs> interviews because I definitely start to like you know time time goes at a different pace when you're when you're you're high on weed man <laughs> so yeah Just, uh, refer back to the dopey uh, episode on that yeah one episode dopey too. episode I think a little <laughs> bit in Big Jacks but I I think I just took a puff or two and I put it back but definitely. The, do- the dopey episode appropriately named <laughs> I was I was pretty dopey in that one as well um, we had it interesting that we didn't really share with anyone because at the time we were like it was cringeworthy for us but when we had bastard over we were just um because we, we we know him pretty well we just started shooting the shit and um, for some reason we had like a technical glitch and like we lost an hour of the interview I would say yeah that was wild like um I kind of looked down at the laptop and realized that it had stopped or wasn't recording and uh, kind of had that oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, and he was super chill. He was just like, no, nah, man, whatever. Like, let's do it again. Like, this is, it's just, it's just us shooting the shit. Like, let, let's get it done. So we cracked another beer. And then by the end of it, I think uh, all three of us were, you know, yeah. feeling it. Yeah. We were pretty, we were pretty tipsy by the end of it. But yeah, he, you know, he graciously enough didn't, um, you know, get upset or anything. He just said, let's just, let's just kind of run it from where we left off. And yeah, it ended up being like almost four hours in the studio here. And then I think we still, after that, like, I think we were kind of, I definitely, Diggy and I were relieved we were done. So cracked another couple beers and, and then we just, <laughs> and then the conversation went on and we probably should have kept the mics rolling because that's when some of the fun shit um is sad you know for sure man uh like i we can even get him back in man like he's just got such a a long like in-depth story career like so many crazy stories and people he's met and uh you know sometimes after these episodes like when you press stop and you're like oh shit you look at our notes or whatever and it's like we didn't even talk like dive into that part yet you know because these these interviews kind of just flow the way that they they flow for sure just like you know similar to you guys in your DJ sets, right? Like, if you you have a plan, does it ever go that way? So I often have, you know, we both ha- end up having a bunch of topics we didn't cover, and we're like, shit. But then, you know, looking back on it, everything turns out pretty well, and it's it flows naturally. So we don't, you know, necessarily want to force things either. Yeah, there's always those DJ nights where, like, you kind of, at the end of the gig, you're, you're kind of like, oh, shit, like, I didn't play that? Like, that's, like, the, the number one, like, hottest banger right now. Like, how did I kind of skip that? But... It's just the way it goes, man. Or, or you play it feels, twice. Follow the vibes. I, I don't play shit twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, and yeah, or or just remembering now Jam Cam's um, whole looking at her story the next day and figuring out what she did and didn't play or looking at her Serato history. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, that's jokes, man. So, yeah, just about the year in general in terms of music, like how, what were, what were the... 
the main bangers in the clubs this year for you? I'm probably Mo Bamba, yeah. Sicko Mode. Yeah. Those are ones that kind of stand out to me. Yeah, I think those two, God's Plan probably earlier. God's Plan was big. Um, it, God's Plan didn't didn't have the longevity yeah. um, that, uh, that I... I, I don't know. It just didn't really have that longevity um, as some other songs did. Uh, people just liked that um, mama, that mama line. Yeah, yeah. People just love screaming that shit. And then it was kind of like, all right, mix out of this shit. Nice for what was a big one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you, do you, when you were playing Sickle Mode, do you usually, I know a lot of people run it from start to finish. It's one of those that you kind of can yeah it's kind of uh yeah there's certain i maybe i si- i skip the second second uh travis verse sometimes and just yeah. kind of skip uh do the first travis verse and then go to the uh the drake section but um but yeah it's kind of one of those ones that i kind of like like playing like the full thing it's like all right i can just chill grab a beer shoot the shit whatever you know yeah gives you that kind of that break moment because i i generally like to transition pretty quickly mm-hmm. at most venues um you know it's like quick mixing like do maybe a verse chorus out or even just a chorus and then into the next shit whatever mm-hmm. so that's kind of like my style so that's it's kind of refreshing to have those ones where you, where you can just kind of play it through you know no doubt and that's one of the actual few songs that i haven't come to hate on like the the other ones i, I can go on and on but still i i'm like a sucker for hearing sicko Mo yeah the, the the mo bamba shit like um I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm over that it's interesting too i was talking about this with someone the other night just like when there's there's hot records like that, like for the average listener who's coming out to your club, maybe they only go out once a month, mm-hmm. so they don't have that same you know that same kind of history with the song. Like whereas I'm fucking playing it three times a week, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it kind of for us as DJs, it kind of runs its course yeah, like yeah. a lot quicker than the average kind of club goer or listener, you know. But yeah, I'm sick of that Mo Bamba shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I never really liked it. I I definitely see the appeal for it in the club because it's such a simple song and it's like oh, oh, oh i can't make out the lyrics barely at all but <laughs> it's still like sing-along-y a bit you know what yeah, i mean yeah no i i totally get it i and there's some cool songs that it kind of like reminds me of that i've like kind of come up with like transitions yeah, like yeah. out of it like never scared and uh i got this thing where i go into like move bitch by ludicrous oh like, nice yeah yeah like, I, I remember that yeah shit bitch yeah bitch, and then kind of go into that so yeah it's been fun man yeah. but uh but yeah those are those are some of the ones that that stand out yeah. right now shout outs to the the edit king nick bike for his uh slayer mo bamba remix <laughs> that yeah. you would never think those go together but it kind of adds some life into that song for yeah, me yeah i saw a track was was uh was bigging him up yeah. um uh, and he also played it just recently on the holy ship cruise he's been kind of like sharing his his serato history okay and he actually he actually dropped the nick bike uh the nick bike remix there so that was pretty dope dope man looking forward to some some more edits bro um so yeah in terms of like just projects and stuff like what are you listening to in the car what what have you been listening to in the car over the past year just kind of as an album or a project yeah i really i really uh fucked with the daytona Mm -hmm. album that was probably to me one of the stronger albums of the year even though it was only seven tracks it was uh it was definitely like i would kind of listen through that whole record a lot that got a lot of play in the car 
um the travis record yeah uh, i liked uh a lot um and then more recently the uh the meek album yeah definitely i was definitely really feeling the the meek album a lot man yeah those those three definitely were up there for me in terms of like the commercial big releases and um i mean yeah daytona it was a bit short but it it was like it was it was one of those you don't have to skip through anything yeah Although I did go to the concert in Toronto a couple <laughs> months back, and I, I already had concerns over the length of the show because if he was doing only Daytona stuff, it would have been what thirty five minutes, thirty something minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's got a back catalog though. But um, but yeah, as you probably are aware, the show got hijacked by yeah, some by some punks and seems like some bullshit. Yeah, and on that note, it's kind of shitty. I think that's it's kind of came up, so might as well speak on it. It's just kind of shitty. Um, the people who lose at the end of end of the day, like it might be entertaining for the world stars and the six buzzes, but for like the real fans and and the artists themselves now, um, people are hesitant. Have always been hesitant to book hip hop acts in their venue, and I think yeah. this is gonna make things worse. Yeah, yeah, I have some uh, some some friends who uh, are pretty high up over there at the Danforth Music Hall, and that was kind of the initial thoughts that I kind of got from from them that uh, it was just going to affect what they want to what they want to book in that room right and that's one of the better the better kind of you know bigger medium to big size rooms in the city uh, that we have so you know you lose you lose a venue like that that's it's going to affect the shows that come through Mm -hmm. right and now I think we're just going to be stuck with them being at some of these cookie cutter mega concert clubs which um a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of, especially in terms of acoustics and just getting a bit intimate in in a yeah, environment. Yeah, Danforth Music Hall is a great venue. Like with the slanted floor, it's got good mm. perspectives and and the sound and everything in there is great. So yeah, at the end of the day, we all lose. Yeah, when that so shit goes smarten down. the fuck up, you punks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of for me, man, I, like there was a bunch of like underground projects that I was fucking with heavy, and I think I posted on my Instagram, but like. I, I kind of had to sit down and think about it um, because we always remember the later stuff and we always forget yeah, about yeah, the no, early no. in the year stuff. Yeah. But like Fonte and Evidence earlier in the year put out pretty cool projects and then kind of newer guys in, in mid to later year, um, you know, Buddy um, from Compton. Yeah, he, yeah, he had yeah. a pretty sick project. Um, and then, of course, you, know I, f- you know, I fuck with <laughs> JID pretty heavy. So JID and... Uh, and, and there was one more that I was really enjoying, Smino. Um, that was a dope album too. So if you guys haven't checked out any of those, I, and the jo- the Joiner Lucas, yeah, see, like it's kind of the yeah. I, like my first instinct is to think of those bigger records, but yeah, there was there was some other shit for yeah, sure. Yeah, like the, Joyner, the, the Joyner Lucas. Yeah, I think that was kind of slept on. That was a yeah. great album, great start album. to finish. Yeah. I remember I was a little thrown off because that I, I think the first video or visual I saw was that I'm not racist, and I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a dope track, but I still th- it threw me for a loop a bit. But the the album itself is, I mean, that guy's got bars. And then- yeah, one of the first things I heard from him maybe uh, was the he had like a little pump kind of thing where he rapped over one of Little Pump's beats. Okay, uh, and and I was just like, oh shit, this guy's got some bars, and uh, and yeah, so that was a, that was a dope one. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and it's uh, so far it's we're we're just a, a week and a bit into the year, but. Uh, CES is going on right now in Vegas, so 
Um, we're, we're seeing a debut of a few um, pieces of gear, specifically the new 1200s and the, and the Reloop, I think 8000s. Yeah, usually the FOMO doesn't kick in till NAM starts, but this year uh, the the shit's coming uh, a bit early. But yeah, the the tech uh, saw Scratch post uh, the the Tech Twelve and uh, and Pat Drastic was was talking about mm-hmm. uh, how he had some input on that, which was super dope. Um, but yeah, I like the look of it. Yeah, the the nice yeah the tone arm being all like matte black and stuff like that. It's pretty sick. It's slick. And I guess the the main thing too is that the the pitch um, control will be digital, right? Well, not a ton of other features on it, but you can go reverse now, reverse the platter by pressing two of the buttons, the start and the uh, the speed button at the same time, and it'll reverse. Yeah, I, I don't really know too much about the features. I think it's a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, if that really makes that much of a difference, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's just an updated mm-hmm. kind of version. They wanted to kind of maintain a lot of the classic feel of the most famous turntable ever <laughs> built. So yeah, exactly. They kind of wanted to maintain that look and that feel but i guess with some of the updated features so that there's less issues in the club yeah and and they did they did re reboot it a year or two ago or three years when was that but the price point was ridiculous yeah. it was something like four or five grand right yeah i think there was a little bit of uh a little bit of anger in the dj community with that i, I think guys like uh, jazzy jeff spoke out on that and mm-hmm. uh and we're gravitating to some of the other companies like Pioneer that really embrace the DJ culture and kind of, you know, ask for input from from the guys and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a strange thing. Yeah, I think they were trying to they were trying to, I think, target um, two demographics. They're trying to target DJs who, uh, you know, they have to have some loot there. You have to have some good money to be spending four grand per deck. But yeah. also, I think the audio files, too, because the the you know the twelve hundred, you know for for those like vinyl listening nerds is may not be their you know first choice. There's all sorts of other crazy kind of audiophile turntables. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, then and Reloop also announced their their new um, turntable, which to me seems very intriguing. Like I I obviously I have my my techs, and I think um, when they were serviced last. Um, the homie is able to date them. I think one's from 1979 and one's from 1982. <laughs> and Shit, like crazy. these things are beasts. Yeah. But but in terms of new turntables, I've always been intrigued by Reloop because I know some guys who use them and swear by them. And they've got a couple useful features. Like the ultra pitch, I think, is it's huge, right? Where instead of you can jump between... T- up and down 10% to up and down 25 I think in 50 or something I think, like uh, the the new tech the new techs have that okay I think you can double you can double up so you can go f- up to 16 plus maybe yeah. or something so I mean I, I don't think there's a ton of real life reasons to actually use this do, do you yeah, really see like, like you shouldn't be even, mixing even even with key lock you don't want to really blend a track like that much faster like I, f- I find it helpful sometimes if I'm like kind of doing like a making a remix or something like that and you just want to kind of like pitch it up for like a little like acapella sample or something like that. It can be handy. But yeah, there's not really a lot of live uses I find Yeah, for that personally. I think that it seems like the kind of best approach when you're jumping, you know, when you're transitioning from a, a huge range in BPM is, is you know, kind of tapping, tapping in and echoing out at, at that you know yeah there's there's a few a few little tricks <laughs> a few little tricks we use 
Nice. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to take those for a test drive um, for sure, because they, they have they have some buttons on the side, too. I'm not entirely sure what they do. I'm guessing some of them, you know, trigger cue points or whatnot. But um, it seems to be a well thought, thought out and well built piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things. And the price point looks looks right on those, too. I think um, the jury's still out on what the price point of the um, the techs are going to be, because I've seen um conflicting um numbers on that yeah i've seen as low as a thousand as high as 1500 so yeah. I, if it's within that range i think it's pretty reasonable and i think the reloops are 800 yeah and so, I, th- I mean you can maybe get a set of the reloops for one thing, yeah you know so yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see when they're out in the field and we get to play around and we can kind of decide from there for sure, for sure. And there's some other f- innovations. I mean, as you, we've talked a bit about, uh, you know, some of the needle needleless um, technology phase specifically. So that should have been out by now. Yeah, they keep uh, they keep pushing it back. I think it was originally going to be September um, for the people who pre-ordered them, um, but they kind of keep pushing it back. And just like the other day, they pushed it back uh, to March. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think people are starting to get a little bit frustrated, but uh, I, I kind of see it as probably they're hopefully they're just doing it to take the the proper steps to make sure that the product is legit for sure and doesn't have any kinks when it when it comes out because they, they seem to be testing it in the field a lot and talking to a lot of the right people. So hopefully um, when it comes out, it, it, they work yeah, <laughs> the yeah. way they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, right? I, I I mean I didn't pre-order. I, I get. You know, guys like ESP, I know, uh, is waiting for for his <laughs> pair for a while. He pre-ordered right at the get. But um, if you're going to hammer out all the details and just get a solid product, like yeah, you, everyone's used to not having them right now. So a few more months is, isn't going to kill the game. Yeah, I, I didn't pre-order them. I, I'm always a little bit hesitant. I kind of tend to like sit back and maybe wait for the second generation to come out uh, where they maybe work out some of the kinks. Me too. Uh, I did that with the S9 as well. I kind of held off a little bit. And uh, and I know a lot of people have had issues with, with their, their S9s. But yeah, I held off a little bit and then, and then got it. Yeah, I think that's wise to do. I like to, you know, sometimes with technology, I'm an early adopter. But when it's such an expensive piece of equipment that you rely on so heavily for your livelihood, you want to yeah. make sure that shit is tight. For sure. For sure. But yeah, I'm really stoked to see that when it when it finally comes out. I think it'll be super useful especially in some of the um the venues with you know shakier stages or or you know bass rumble or outdoor shows with wind or whatever else or you know mm-hmm. fucking drunk idiots like banging into your turntables like all that stuff right i think it'll be super beneficial and uh let us focus on you know the craft and rocking mm-hmm. a crowd and and you know doing it that way as opposed to worrying about your fucking gear yeah, not working. You know, have you have you seen a uh, a lot of the rain twelves in the wild yet? Um, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, one venue that I'm going to start working with actually has a set, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to getting in in there and and using them. But uh, I've heard I've heard good things about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they seem they like a dope. solid. They're just a solid piece of machine, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah. And Rain, that's one thing I'll, I'll give credit to Rain for is they, they've always been well-built machines. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I still have my 56 at home and it's just like it's in mint condition. Like mm-hmm. that was one thing with the with the S9 when I first got it. I, I was like, oh, shit, like why is this so light? Mm-hmm. You know, like 
the the rain products seem to have a bit more kind of girth to them or something you know yeah. they're like a girth <laughs> pause um, <laughs> no i i totally agree like i love i love my s9 but um nothing like will compete with the rain build quality i think yeah. those things are, are tanks similar to the 1200 but pioneer if you want to shoot us a sponsorship we still love yeah, your yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it man no the s the s9 to me there's there's kind of nothing really that that can you know top it for me currently i just i just it's such an easy mixer to use it's so user-friendly um yeah i love it i love the toggles D- i love Diggy, the pads Diggy's staring at my at, with <laughs> my at my mixer right now with these loving <laughs> eyes i think he's like talking to the mixer <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that does bug me about the the pioneer uh we were talking about this i know with the rain um 72 um you can you can differentiate the the sides so you can have you know your hot cues on the right deck and like a sampler going on the left where you can't do that on the mm-hmm, s9 mm-hmm. and then i've found in certain situations uh, that's a bit frustrating yeah definitely um so yeah and serato now has announced uh, just past few months they've been working with um, incorporating streaming services right now i think they only have title on yeah. board yeah um, so we were just kind of chatting about that before we we started recording here, just kind of wondering how that'll impact things because I think it's really cool in theory, but I'm just wondering in execution, being in places with spotty reception and, or Wi-Fi or whatever, like what happens when you're buffering? Or, yeah, you know? yeah, that's obviously kind of the the first concern that went through my head. You know, is like what's going to happen like when you're running all this other gear you know god forbid you want to have ableton open too or something like that yeah. right and um but yeah i think it's uh it could be beneficial for some of the more kind of corporate gigs or for the the wedding djs just to kind of have access to a lot of that stuff at your fingertips where you're kind of not really some, throwing some random some requests random requests and just like kind of you know feeling like doing things on the fly and maybe a situation that you're not really used to i think it could be beneficial but um Sometimes I find when there's too much music in your library, it kind of is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I find sometimes um, the less is more kind of thing. Like you can be a little bit more creative when you have kind of less to work with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still cool. We'll see what happens with all that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm curious about, you know, all the things you said and then just, you know, like I, I'm guessing like the thing, like even for tracking purposes, right? So I'm I'm just wondering how responsive a file on the internet is i'm guessing it gets downloaded to your cache and you know it's kind of the majority of the song or the whole song is on your hard drive temporarily but just kind of yeah. you know tracking with the needle if you're doing some heavy scratching or juggling yeah yeah i haven't really heard too much about it um but yeah those are obviously the the concerns that come to mind yeah and then like cue points like you are you gonna have to do you get do your cue points stay you or do just, cue points on the fly and yeah yeah so there, there's there's some questions there and like I mean, I, I don't think I'd recommend in, in 90 plus percent of the cases that you don't just download a song and run it right away because you just don't even know what quality or, or you might get, you know, the wrong song. But this is different because it's through a legit site. But you yeah, know, just like, kind of familiarizing yourself with the song first before you start mixing it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then... um we were also talking a bit about. I was asking if you, you'd known anyone who's run through their their needles yet and have had to buy 
um, something that is not a Shure. I know a lot of people stockpiled some of those Shure M44s when the announcement came. Yeah, I think I'm still sitting on two that are still in, in the box that I haven't had to had to use yet. Um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Phase gets their act together and maybe I'll, I'll have that running by the time my, my Shure needles run out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a few options. Um, yeah, I know, I know Mojax from DJ City um, just uh, last week was... Um, reviewing a few, and he said pretty much. I think his his summation of it was that they're all shit except for one brand called Jiku. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. J I C O. Jiko. Jiko. Yeah, yeah. Check out that episode uh, via DJ City uh, Mojax. Yeah, yeah. Always comes through with the super in detailed uh, reviews of shit. Like I, I definitely trust his his opinion. Mm-hmm. Seems like he knows his shit for sure, and you, and you're right. Once the phase comes in, I'll probably grab a pair of those two and then just really use the, the needles. Will get minimal usage just for playing actual vinyl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or at home kind of thing, and you won't have to worry about bringing them uh, out to the club where most of the damage happens. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, man. So you know, it's been it's been a fun year. We we went out to Vancouver too. That was that was pretty dope and i'm hoping that um you know we get to take the show on the road again in the future so that was our first go at it and it was it was a success i'd say yeah man it's dope to kind of immerse yourself in the actual scene you know what i mean i hadn't really been out to to van in a while so it was cool to get out there and connect with some of the homies and not only get the interviews done but also kind of go out and actually kind of check out what what the scene was like you know yeah and then um you know feed our budding romance bromance <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, yeah. we had a good time cuz then we had just a couple of days too like where it was it was all about either the podcast or DJing so we we didn't have any other distractions we didn't have other work we didn't have to you know do family commitments and we got to just you know, do our interviews and kick it with the homies who were like so hospitable to us. Yeah, man, it was it was a good time for sure. Looking forward to getting back out on the road eventually at some point this year. Maybe San Francisco Bay Area comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, I think that's what we've been saying. I mean, just you know, that it, seems like the mecca of of you know of DJs. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, New and York. You, and, yeah, and not to sell us short too. I think we're here. We don't realize that. Toronto is is kind of its own mecca as well in today's age. Like yeah, we've got some yeah. real, real talent, real innovators up and coming, some heavyweights. So, um, but yeah, um, the the West Coast, um, San, San Francisco, Oakland area seems really appealing. Yeah. A lot of those guys don't end up coming this way um, too often, right? Like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking of some, uh, yeah, yeah, the, even the younger guys like Espinosa and some of those guys, like they don't really, for whatever reason, seem mm-hmm. to come through uh, as often as as other guys. But so we might have to come for you, San Fran. Yeah, yeah, I think San Fran would be on the hit list, or New York for sure. Yeah. Obviously, is is the OG spot, and uh, but yeah, it'll be fun to get on the road. Maybe Red Bull. Uh, three style 2020, I guess it would be. Or? Yeah. 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 We unfortunately couldn't, couldn't get it together for Taipei. I think we just had too much going on and, um, yep. and you know, and it's just the holidays are done. So we, we, we were aiming to do that. It didn't happen this year, but, um, we're not too bummed about it. We'll, we'll definitely, you know, try to get out to one in the future or in the meantime, um, you know, come to one of your cities. And if you guys have, Anything you want to hit us up with to to make something happen, um, you know, let us know. You got to hook up on a cheap Airbnb. You want to let us crash <laughs> on your couch? 
Just holler, man. Yeah, let's get it, man. Yeah, and then I guess speaking of Red Bull, that's was a week or so away now. Yeah, it's creeping up. I'm hoping to uh, to maybe lock down Trapman. We've we've been in touch with him to get him on the show, and he seems about it, about it. He was just kind of like, "Yeah, wait till after yeah. uh, Taipei," because obviously it's pretty intense prep going on for him for that. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him in soon and get his perspective on that. But yeah, looking forward to mm-hmm. to streaming that shit. What, what's the time difference over in Taipei? Oh, when am I going to have to be uh, almost, watching that? I think it's almost almost flipped. Yeah. Um, you know, almost, I think, 12, 13, 14 hours. I'm not too okay, sure. Okay, so that's not bad. So, It'll yeah. be afternoon watching. E- even the Vancouver... That was tough. The Vancouver one was tough. I was like kind of trying to wait up and then I, I crashed out and then I ended up waking up at like three in the morning and I was like, oh shit, and turned it on. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I caught like uh, the end of uh, T Junior, T Junior set and then Floetics and Tom. So I got to catch catch three of the sets. Yeah. I'm curious why there's not more. I think we talked about that with Tom Fleming, but I haven't really seen many of the full sets uh, posted. Yeah. I got I, to see Espinosa's. I got to see uh, Tom. Well, I saw Tom's live, but he posted his. Um, but even like Trapman's, I haven't seen. Yeah. His and... Yeah. I'm not sure why, why they haven't posted. I mean, yeah, because like, I, I definitely crashed out before I could really get heavy into watching it live. And I didn't get, I just kind of had to hear from other people how it was. And yeah, I was curious to see Chris Villa's, uh Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. Uh, set as well. Yeah, because the U.S. lineup this year was uh, was quite a few heavy hitters in yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that would be cool to see. So DJs, post your shit up, man. Who cares if there's a few mistakes in there? I think <laughs> I think I'm guessing it comes down to yeah, overthinking. Um. You know, we've talked about this at length on the show and uh, and offline too. Is you're your own harshest critic, and you know all DJs are going to be listening, but you know. I think they're a bit more forgiving when it's not their own stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I'm excited to tune in this year and see, you know, there's always those kind of unexpected guys uh, that we don't know about until mm-hmm. we see them on that, you know, platform. So always following the Red Bull three-style shit really closely yeah. and looking forward to that. Yeah, man. And, and like you said, yeah, like some people you would never guess or, or even think, you know, that someone from like last year, Italy, you know, Diamante one. Yeah. And, and he's been doing awesome. Like now that we're aware of him, he's really kind of, I think he's a good example of really taking that championship and like, and, uh, you know, utilizing and him and Puffy, like and Puffy and SK, I think all the guys have really used that platform to, uh, spread their wings, so to speak. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been cool. And there, there, there's been, uh, an eclectic, um, I don't know if it's by by design, but there's been an eclectic kind of mixture of of world champions mm-hmm. stylistically. Yeah, and then which pa- is cool. In the past couple of years, there's been an, an, a newcomer to the block, the Goldie Awards, which A Track has been hosting. Yep, yep. Um, so that's uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar, but if not, it's it's a, a DJ battle, and then they also have a separate beat battle. So I, I found that interesting. I tuned in this year, and it's always a little tricky to watch these things on the live stream because, well, you know, there's so much equipment changes and there's so much other factors that, you know, there's a lot of sitting and waiting watching yeah. these streams. Yeah. Um, but for the beat battle, it was crazy because everyone had their own r- rig set up separately. So however, you know, whatever their thing was, whether they're using Ableton Push, whether they're using Machine, M- MPC, all that stuff. So they each had their own full setup 
on a table on casters. So they're like wheeling one guys out and, and then pulling the next person's in. So yeah. that was interesting. But it was really cool to see the beat battle and, and the range of of involvement, uh, should I say. I mean, because some guys would just have like one turntable and their laptop and just pretty much press play on it and <laughs> jump, jump around, around like yeah. a EDM DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, then other guys low, like low. yeah <laughs> had to do it had to do it i'm petty in 2019 <laughs> um and then other guys like um buck, buck rogers. rogers won it he yeah. like incorporated like every element to like you know playing out the drums on the machine having the turntable there and doing live scratching to triggering some samples and and stuff like that so that's pretty dope. Um, looking forward to see where A Track takes that in the coming years. Yeah, man, it's a, he's he's put it together properly, and uh, the judge lineup's always super super dope. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a cool battle. Um, yeah, the the turnover thing is I always find weird. Even watching the Red Bull three style, because mm-hmm. the, they used to have two setups on the stage. Yeah, and then last year they only had one. They right? only had one, so it seems like there's like a lot of kind of you know in between like just kind of you know flip out does a good job but it's just kind of like how how -hmm. long do you really want to wait here and just kind of shoot the shit you know what i mean yeah and and they they don't really have in the clubs a like uh, you know warm-up dj or or something kind of during those interludes do they no, I don't know. It's why just, they it would. seems like it looks like it goes quiet during that time, and then people yeah. are just either like Standing around. heckling or yeah, doing yeah, some shit. You, you want to kind of keep the audience engaged too. Like yeah. they should maybe have think about having like a DJ off to the side, at least kind of mm-hmm. playing tunes or like you know setting up. It would be super dope if they could have a venue where it had uh, stages at the different ends of the room. Yeah, so you just walk over to the other side. To the other side or turn around. Like I've seen at some festivals, they'll have stages facing each other. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one guy's setting up on that stage and then you just turn around and then you watch the other side. That's like a a pretty, like almost like a sound clash environment where there's two kind of... Um, yeah, hey. yeah, that downtime in the middle seems seems a little bit unfortunate. Maybe we should throw our own, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, me and Pierce always joke, what's that uh, energy drink, Red Rain or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Red Rain 2 style. <laughs> <laughs> Let's nice. get that going, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, we're going to hit up Red Rain for that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's just keep it moving with the podcast. Like I said, like we said, just keep on hitting us up, subscribe, rate, share. All all those things make a huge difference in us kind of showing up in the search engines and stuff. And we don't like to sit here and go on about help us become bigger and stuff. We kind of like to keep it organic, but... Yeah, no, we just want to reach more people and share share what we're doing because we really think that we're we're really doing something good for the DJ community. Uh, we're super proud of the guests we've had through and and what we've accomplished in a year. So, mm-hmm. and I, and I, the next year, yeah, for sure. And I and I I do want to before we kind of jump off here, I do want to give props to, um, you know, the other DJ podcasts that are doing their thing as well. Like we got the guys in Vegas, the Road Podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. King Most uh, out in the West Coast doing the opening set podcast, and him and I have been conversing over Instagram here and there and just kind of talking about the experience as you know a podcaster and and it's kind of just cool to have someone doing that and you know we wish those guys all the best too and hopefully maybe you know down the road we can kind of do some collab projects or maybe collab episodes here and there yeah those are two uh two that come to mind for sure the opening set and the the road podcast so check those out if you haven't 
check those out already and uh also just hit us up if if there's podcasts that you guys are into that you think we should check out yeah let us know let's keep the dialogue flowing yeah man awesome man so we'll see you in a couple weeks yeah man 2019 let's get it yeah peace that's it